You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you, featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons. Want to welcome you to uh, part three of the trifecta. Uh, series that we've been doing uh, in the month of February celebrating Black History Month right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, We're featuring in this week's edition three uh, thought leaders and influencers. My good friend, Dr. Eddie Connor, author and speaker. Uh, he- you know, I come from humble beginnings, and in many cases, the least likely is a testament, not to me, but to, to God, that the least likely can do the most mighty. You know? Reverend Marcia L. Dyson, uh, she's been on the show a couple times as well. We're very down to the real nitty gritty. Folks may not get out to vote, you know, just like everybody wants to get up to Mike and sing, but you never get the contract, right? It's like karaoke, and we cannot have karaoke politics with our citizens. And Dr. Peniel Joseph, author of The Sword and the Shield. The positives of the protest are that we now have a, an opportunity uh, in that tradition of Malcolm and Martin to really transform the system. So let me end by sharing an interesting coincidence that has actually meant a great deal to me over the years. As it happens, I share a birthday with the first black woman ever to be appointed as a federal judge, the Honorable Constance Baker Motley. We were born exactly 49 years to the day apart. Today, I proudly stand on Judge Motley's shoulders, sharing not only her birthday, but also her steadfast and courageous commitment to equal justice under law. Judge Motley's life and career has been a true inspiration to me as I have pursued this professional path And if I'm fortunate enough to be confirmed as the next Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, I can only hope that my life and career, my love of this country and the Constitution, and my commitment to upholding the rule of law and the sacred principles upon which this great nation was founded will inspire future generations of Americans. Thank you again, Mr. President, for this extraordinary honor.
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. want to welcome you to uh, part three of the trifecta uh, series that we've been doing uh, in the month of February, celebrating Black History Month right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we want to thank you for tuning in to yet another brand new edition of the podcast. Before we get into any of that in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, uh, I want to share uh, what's been on my, my my mind and my heart about what has been going on in uh, the world right now. Uh, <clears throat> there is a, quite a bit going on. I'm sure you're aware of it, uh, but particularly what is going on uh, between Russia and Ukraine. And uh, it has been on my mind and my heart. And I wanted to just share uh, some of my thoughts about uh, what is happening uh, to the people of Ukraine uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I was watching uh, some of the footage on CNN on yesterday uh, with my family. And um, I have to tell you that it was very troubling to see what is happening uh, there and uh, to see those uh, see the people of Ukraine, a sovereign country uh, being attacked by uh, this uh, authoritarian government, Russia and Vladimir Putin and um, him really just um, uh, arbitrarily trying to evoke his will on uh, this people. Uh, and and it's, it's sad and it is very unfortunate that they have to go through this and watching it and seeing it unfold right before our very eyes is just one thing that was very hard to watch uh, and uh, again uh, very troubling and I'm sure those that are listening uh, understand where I'm coming from because this people uh, in the Ukraine uh, just to add just to give you some context uh, was a, uh, originally a part of the Soviet Union uh, many, many years ago, uh, but when uh, the Soviet Union uh, was dissolved, uh, the Ukraine, uh, the country of Ukraine, uh, uh, separated from uh, Mother Russia and uh, wanted to become their own sovereign country, an independent country from Russia. And they did so. Uh, but uh, this dictator, uh, Putin, is trying to do everything that he can uh, to overthrow this government and to take control over it yet again and bring them back under the auspices of uh, the uh, of Russia. And <clears throat> my my thoughts and prayers go out to the families of the Ukrainian people uh, in the midst of this turmoil, uh, these tumultuous times. President Zelensky is only trying uh, to protect uh, his people uh, from this dictator, uh, Vladimir Putin, and uh, watching him, uh, watching this president uh, make statements and understanding that he is target number one. They are coming after him uh, and his family and the families of those in parliament to ultimately overthrow 
this government. Uh, but it doesn't appear as if this young man is taking this fight, uh, 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 taking this fight <clears throat> um, uh, by himself, obviously. But uh, uh, he is he is, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, trying to make a, a statement to uh the country of uh, uh, make a statement to to Vladimir Putin that he's not going to take this sitting down. He is going to fight until the bitter end, and um, I mean that that is uh, remarkable that uh, he has taken this kind of stance, knowing that his life is in danger. And so again, our thoughts and prayers are are with uh, with him, with the families of those in Parliament. Uh, as well as the people of uh, Ukraine who are, again, just simply trying to be free. And I ran across a statement from uh, former President Barack Obama uh, that I thought was very apropos. And I want to read this statement to you uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show because I think it's so very important. And uh, he adds... Uh, a great level of perspective and a sense of uh, calm uh, in the midst of uh, what appears to be very chaotic times. And so he writes, last night, Russia launched a brazen attack on the people of Ukraine in violation of international law and basic principles of human decency. Russia did so not because Ukraine posed a threat to Russia, but because the people of Ukraine chose a path of sovereignty, self-determination, and democracy for exercising rights that should be available to all people and nations. Ukrainians now face a brutal onslaught that is killing innocents and displacing untold numbers of men, women, and children. The consequences of Russia's reckless actions extend beyond Ukraine's borders. This illegal invasion in the heart of Europe also threatens the foundation of the international order and security. For some time now, we've seen the forces of division and authoritarianism make headway around the world, mounting an assault on the ideals of democracy, rule of law, equality, individual liberty, freedom of expression and worship and self-determination. Russia's invasion of Ukraine shows where these dangerous trends can lead and why they cannot be left unchallenged. People of conscience around the world need to loudly and clearly condemn Russia's actions and offer support for the Ukrainian people. And every American, regardless of party, should support President Biden's efforts in coordination with our closest allies to impose hard-hitting sanctions on Russia. Sanctions that impose a real price on Russia's autocratic elites. There may be some economic consequences to such sanctions given Russia's significant role in world energy markets, but that's a price we should be willing to pay to take a stand on the side of freedom. For over this long term, we all face a choice between a world in which might makes right and autocrats are free to impose their will through force or world or a world in which free people everywhere have the power to determine their own future. Michelle and I will be praying for 
the courageous people of Ukraine for Russia's citizens who have bravely declared their opposition to these attacks and for all those who will bear the cost of a senseless war. These are the words from former President Barack Obama. And we echo these sentiments on today and we uh, are indeed praying for the people of Ukraine and um, just know that uh, our prayers are with you and uh, we we are believing that uh, God is certainly in control of this situation. I'm reminded of the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He just doesn't have, he's not just the God of the United States. He's not just the God of uh, our particular city or our state or our country, but he has got the whole world in his hands. He's the God of Ukraine. He's the God of Russia. He is the God of the entire world. And we believe that he's got the whole world in his hands. Again, we want to thank you for tuning in to part three of our trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We hope you have been enjoying this series as we reflect upon some of our favorite interviews that we have had over these five years that we've been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show celebrating Black History Month. And believe it or not, it is just a couple days before the end of the month of February and we'll be into the month of March. I can't believe it either. <laughs> but we are. But we wanted to do a last show uh, celebrating black history. And uh, again, three more of our favorite uh, interviews that we've had over the uh, five years that we have been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And this show is definitely no different. Um, I wanted to uh, we're featuring in this week's edition three uh, thought leaders and influencers uh, that are making an impact around the world. My good friend, Dr. Eddie Connor, author and speaker. Uh, he was on the show, has been on the show twice with us, uh, as well as another veteran or alum, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. Uh, she's been on the show a couple times as well, and we're very happy to feature an excerpt of her interview in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And then rounding out the three interview excerpts we have in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show is none other than Dr. Peniel Joseph, author of The Sword and the Shield, a very powerful book that we recommend talking about the life and legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and how their lives intertwined and how they made an indelible impact on the civil rights movement in the 1960s. So uh, we were very happy to have these individuals on. And again, we celebrate them in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In addition to uh, these three interview excerpts in the in part three of the trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we are also uh, celebrating with uh, a young woman uh, who it was uh, selected and nominated to the highest office or highest court in the land, I should say, uh, Judge 
uh, Katanji Brown Jackson uh, is now uh, officially nominated by President Joe Biden uh, to fill the uh, vacant seat uh, by retired uh, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court uh, by uh, Breyer, Associate Justice Breyer, who uh, she, by the, uh, according to her own um, uh, biography, uh, clerked for this associate justice for the Supreme Court, a very decorated uh, attorney as well as a judge for the U.S. Court of Appeals and uh, will be the first uh, African-American woman uh, to hold this seat uh, in the United States Supreme Court. She was officially nominated on uh, February the 25th of uh, Black History Month by President Joe Biden fulfilling a campaign promise of his to, uh, if given the opportunity to nominate the first African-American woman uh, to this office, and he did so, fulfilling his campaign promise. So we promise. would like to celebrate this historic nomination by sharing excerpts from this press conference in this episode's Thought of the Week. We're also excited to announce something that I think is very, very cool and uh, wanted to share with you, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, um, and just as a way of letting you know how this podcast is growing and continuing to grow and to extend its reach uh, not just on uh, the uh, podcast platforms uh, that we are currently being distributed uh, with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, you know, you name it, we are there, but also even on social media as well. Uh, we are now, uh, our podcast can now be viewed, uh, listened to and subscribe to right from our Thinking Out Loud radio and TV fan page. And uh, this is truly, truly, um, uh, I think, a cool feature that Facebook has added to uh, the public profiles, uh, public pages like, uh, like ours, fan pages, where you can now listen to uh, podcasts right from a fan page that you might be following, including the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And we have 264 episodes that have been loaded onto our Thinking Out Loud uh, radio and TV fan page that you can listen to right from there, as, as well as subscribe to the podcast and and by subscribing you won't miss an episode you'll get a notification on your phone uh and let you know when a new episode has been loaded and you'll be able you'll be the first one uh to be notified when a new episode of the thinking out loud radio show uh is available and of course now you can listen to it right from the thinking out loud radio and tv fan page that url is facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud hq facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud hq and that is um, the headquarters for our thinking out loud radio and tv show so guys 
take a minute, go to our fan page, like the page, and then when you do, subscribe to the podcast and everything is in one place and you won't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And guys, let me tell you, the shows are going to get better and better and better. And if you enjoyed the month of February with us just sharing excerpts of interviews we've had over the past five years that we've been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show that I know you're going to enjoy the month of March, Women, Women's History Month. We have some dynamic interviews lined up uh, that we'll be sharing with you in the month of March. And I just want to get this get this one, one, this one out uh, right now. Uh, let the cat out the bag that we're kicking off the month of March with uh, the brilliant and talented state's attorney, Marilyn Mosby from Baltimore City. She's going to be our guest that will be sharing uh, her interview in the first week of Women's History Month. That's right, guys. State's attorney Marilyn Mosby is our first guest right out the gate. And I'm telling you, we had a wonderful conversation. Uh, she is, uh, if you recall, the, the, uh, the, the, the state's attorney for Baltimore City that filed charges back in, I believe, 2015 against the six officers that uh, were responsible for the murder of Freddie Gray. And um, even though those individuals were not uh, um, uh, convicted of those charges, uh, she has, has has been a vocal uh, and integral part of the police uh, accountability and police reform uh, in the city of uh, in Baltimore City and dare I say even around the country because cases uh, regarding George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery and many, many others, uh, I believe, uh, have been directly impacted by this woman's courage. Uh, to stand up and speak truth to power. So she is our first guest in this series, the Woman of Influence series that we have coming up in the month of March. So you don't want to go anywhere. You want to make sure you subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast because I've just given you a number of reasons why that you should uh, take some time and not just listen, but subscribe to the podcast and we hope you do and speaking of Facebook we're on it all the time posting uh, making posts uh, about uh, you know various events and things that are happening uh, around the country and the world and we did make a post uh, recently about uh, congratulating of course uh, uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, in her nomination uh, for the Supreme Court and there were many people uh, that responded to that we made this post both on our Thinking Out Loud radio and Facebook radio and TV uh, Facebook fan page as well as our personal page as well and we also uh, made a post about uh, Michigan head coach Jawan Howard uh, being suspended for uh, slapping an assistant coach. I'm sure you are all aware of what happened in that uh, in that situation. Uh, Jawan Howard, after losing to uh, Wisconsin on last uh, Sunday uh, in a 
the handshake line uh, in the altercation between the head coach of Wisconsin uh, ended up uh, slapping an assistant coach and causing a, a, a melee there with uh, both of his his uh, basketball players and uh, the Wisconsin basketball players in the Big Ten and U of M decided to suspend him uh, for the rest of the regular season and he would be able to come back and coach the Big Ten uh, conference um, uh, tournament. Uh, and if they did make the NCAA tournament, he would be able to coach that as well. But um, I mentioned that because we had several people uh, respond to uh, the post that we made on uh, our personal page and just wanted to shout a few of them out uh, in this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, I was saying, in essence, that I believe that uh, the punishment fits the crime. I believe that he deserved uh, to be suspended uh, for the rest of the regular season and possibly even uh, the 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 uh, any tournament play that Michigan might be involved in because I thought that he is as the leader as the head coach of this basketball team he should be the example and uh he failed in that regard and um I mentioned that uh on my post on Facebook and there were several people that agreed with us but then there were some that disagreed uh but I want to shout a few of them out in this week's edition so shouts out to my good friend Tim Brown uh, also to my good friend Spartan alumni uh, Dewan Tinsley him and I go back five heartbeats for life um, Carl Roberts who's a U of M uh, slappy and him and I go back and forth all the time on uh, on Facebook but uh, what I appreciated most from uh, those uh, who did respond that, uh, you know, are U of M fans, uh, the, the comments that I appreciate the most are the ones that are the most genuine when it comes to uh, the suspension. That those that believe that, that he acted out of character as the leader of uh the, as a leader of um, of this basketball program, he should have been the example. And uh, and Carl Roberts definitely uh, mentioned that. Uh, Jason Black McKnight, my man, good good friend of ours as well. Those are the comments that I appreciate the most. Not the ones that continue uh, to uh, you know propagate this false narrative about Michigan being you know. Uh, uh, bigger than bigger than everybody else, and and uh, beyond reproach, and, and whatever, whatever. That's not what I'm interested in. But I'm, I'm just interested in people just being real. You know what I'm saying? Just tell the truth about the situation and uh, and be done with it. Because at the end of the day, he was wrong. That's it. So let's just um, admit that. And uh, and then uh, we can talk we can talk more about what what needs to happen next. But there are people that are so delusional that they don't even believe the man was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Come on. He was wrong. And and uh, and so I wanted to just share my thoughts about that. And uh, again, when you make posts, uh, you might hear them right here 
on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So, guys, be sure and post your comments on our Thinking Out Loud radio and TV fan page. Now you can listen to the listen to our podcast from there. You can subscribe from there, and we hope you make comments from there as well. Also, if you go to Instagram, TOL Radio Host MSN or the TOL Radio Show, uh, make comments there as well. A uh, good friend of ours, Chris Roberts, uh, made a comment on our Instagram page. He's another Michigan slappy uh, trying to say that, you know, uh, this coming from um, um, a Spartan, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Izzo, uh, uh, the Tom Izzo camp. And, and I'll just say this about head coach Tom Izzo, that, yeah, he might have uh, anger management issues, but he's never uh, hit anybody. You know, he's never hauled off and slapped anybody. Yeah, but and so he's definitely um, gotten emotional at times, and 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 most uh, head coaches are emotional. Uh, I haven't seen uh, any uh, coaches uh, in the game, basketball, football, or otherwise, that have not got excited at one time or another. But uh, Tom Izzo has, for the most part. Kept his cool, and he might have gotten. He might. He might even been been ejected at one time or another. But uh, he has never hit anybody, which is what Jawan Howard has been uh, uh, suspended for. So let's be clear about that. You know that line of demarcation between the two schools, and our and our head coach is a Hall of Famer. So let me uh, let me just be clear about that. And shouts out to the Spartans today for beating the uh, uh, Purdue Boilermakers, winning that game in Spartan Stadium, uh, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, in the Breslin Center, I should say, winning that game. We needed that. And uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed for what happens in, in the tournament. They're not uh, doing that well this time around. So we're, we're just uh, <laughs> we're just going to kind of wait and see. But you know we still bleed green and white. Well, guys, uh, we're getting ready to take our first break. But when we come back, we're jumping right into my first interview excerpt with my good friend, author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit, born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history, and it's a mystery how they miss me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country. And our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be free for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves' tears. Cause fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. 
And in the air looms the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe who told you that you were naked it's a dynamic empowering and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have pastor nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the garden of Eden. you don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis but the discovery of the spiritual solution Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Dr. Eddie Connor is a good friend of ours, 12-time best-selling author and speaker, professor, conference host, and so much more. He's been on the show a couple times already, uh, but most importantly, he is a cancer survivor. And when you listen to his testimony, uh, it is inspiring and it lets you know that God can do absolutely anything. In this excerpt, he talks about the significance of black history and the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi. Take a listen. All right, everybody, uh, we are back on um, a very special edition. I know I say it all the time, but it really is a very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Not just the fact that it's Black History Month and Valentine's Day uh, is here. It's uh, we are on the eve of Valentine's Day uh, when this interview was recorded. Uh, so, but I also have a very good friend of mine on the line uh, uh, tonight that um, 
so happy to have him back on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. A good friend of ours, known him for a long time, done a lot of great things, and we plan to get into all of it uh, during tonight's show. But want to give him a proper introduction before we get started. Uh, Dr. Eddie Connor is a best-selling author, international speaker, college professor, radio TV correspondent, and conference host of Vision of the of Vision Summit. He is a survivor of stage four cancer and empowers people to overcome obstacles. He has a litany of accomplishments and successes that we plan to get into. Best-selling author of ten books. Uh, just this this is uh, this is the guy I want to be like when I grow up. <laughs> but he's on the show with us on tonight. I want you to give a warm thinking out loud radio show welcome to my good friend and brother, Dr. Eddie Connor. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Dr. Dr. Connor. What is going on, bro? Just love chopping it up with my good friend. Uh, God has just truly blessed uh, blessed this young man, uh, stage four cancer survivor, uh, ten best selling books, international speaker, author, motivational speaker, TV correspondent. I mean, Dr. Connor, tell me, man, how does it feel to be who you are in this moment? You know, um, it's a, it's really humbling because uh, I know I come from humble beginnings and in many cases, the least likely is a testament, not to me, but to, to God that the least likely can be the most mighty. You know, I, I, I realize the greatest ability is availability. And so just uh, being available to uh, use uh, my pain as, as something that can empower other people. And uh, I'm, a, I'm blessed to use my test as a testimony to inspire uh, people locally and globally. So it's, it's a blessing. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you've definitely been been doing just that, you know, going about pursuing your purpose, pursuing the destiny that God has set forth for your life. Many um I'm sure who 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 would have gotten that diagnosis at such a young age, uh, you know, probably would have, uh, you know, figured that well, my life is um, is is just about over, and uh, and and would have looked at that as a death sentence. But uh, you've turned that completely around, and now you're of course a survivor of stage four cancer, and uh, you have a litany of accomplishments. Uh, like I said, best-selling author, uh, international speaker, college professor. You've been on CBS, Fox News, NBC, PBS, The Steve Harvey Show, The Tom Joyner uh, Show, The Word Network, The Huffington Post, and USA Today. God has just tremendously uh, blessed you in so many ways and areas. It's just, uh, I, I, just got to feel tremendous uh, pursuing the purposing plan that God has for your life oh without a doubt you know um i don't think you'll ever be fulfilled until it's actually walking in the, the plan purpose and, and power of what you were created to do you know um a job is what you're paid for but i really believe your purpose and your vision is what you're made for turn those stumbling blocks and stepping stones you know if we, if we were playing a movie the color purple i'd tell you just like sophia all my life <laughs> 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 to, to, to be uh, not a worrier but a warrior 
and to uh, fight through what you're going through and uh, beat those odds. And, and really, uh, as I'm celebrating, it's 2020, but I'm celebrating 20 years of surviving and, and thriving uh, through stage four cancer. You know, people gave up on me. I almost wanted to give up on myself. But, you know, a praying mama, and then you're digging deep and finding the faith and the fortitude and the fire and declaring according to Psalm 118.17, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. To find the can of cancer is, a, is the ultimate victory. Mm. Wow. Tremendous, tremendous. I know you guys are enjoying uh, our interview with uh, international speaker, author, college professor, uh, just a, 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 a tremendous testimony of what God can do for you. My good friend, Dr. Eddie Connor, so happy to have him back on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And you know, Dr. Connor, it's February, and of course, it's Black History Month, and it's one of my favorite months of the year, even though it is the shortest month of the year. Uh, but I want you to tell our listeners, what is the significance of this month for you? You know, that's a powerful question, and a lot of times we've been uh, stereotyped and stigmatized as, as a people to where, where we only told the negative about our history to where we think it's all about just beginning with slavery. But I think we gotta realize that uh, we come from kings and queens. We come from those who align the pyramids with the stars. Why do our young people feel they can't do science and math when <laughs> our, young, our, our, our ancestors uh, were the main ones who uh, erected statues and, and incredible pyramids that we still can't even figure out to this day? Think about even the middle middle passage, how we were taken from West Africa and East Africa and parts of the continent and, and uh, taken to the Caribbean, Brazil, South America, of course, the, uh, of course, the U.S. and the East Coast and parts of the southern states to have made it through what we've been through and to really be here is a testament to the whole aspect that the reason we're alive is because our people made it through the Middle Passage. Yes, there were 10 million bodies dumped over into the Atlantic Ocean. And we know we talk about the Jewish Holocaust where 6 million bodies were uh, emaciated, 6 million bodies were exterminated. But we can't also forget about the Holocaust where 10 million African bodies were thrown into the Atlantic Ocean. Our people who made it through that survived through uh, shadow slavery and shackles and and being raped and being pillaged and being uh, decimated and uh, um, in many cases uh, maligned. For us to be here as an African people, we made it through the middle passage to get to where we are right now. And despite what we're going through, despite the, the middle circumstances that we are experiencing, we can never give up in the middle. You know, we say God is the God of the, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and last. He's all that, yeah. But we can't forget he's also the God of the middle. Mm. Mm. And so despite the middle situation that you are experiencing, the lack, the loss, the hurt, the trial, the sickness, the disease, the peril, the storm, you cannot give up in the middle of your circumstance because you come from the people who made it through the middle passage. The Malcolm, the Mandela, the Megas, the Martins. All those individuals, the name of the faces, the Madam C.J. Walkers. The indictment is when our young people know more about Megan Thee Stallion than they do Megan Evers and Madam C.J. Walker. Mm. Keep our oral history and tradition alive 
to not just celebrate black history, but now it's time to make black history. Powerful, powerful. Absolutely. I completely and totally agree with you. You know, this month is um, is significant for a number of reasons. And and, um, you know, we 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 certainly can't contain the chronicles of black history within one month. Uh, but it has to be uh, something that we celebrate uh, throughout the entire year. And, and and I agree wholeheartedly that it has to be the oral history that we rehearse with our young people. Because uh, if they don't know who they are, um, then they'll never become what God has destined for them to be. And it's not because of, it's not what they see on television. You know, it's not who they see in the movies, but they were created much greater than they even themselves could imagine. And so, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent that uh, that our young people, our, our parents, their parents need to rehearse uh, their history to them on a regular basis and not their favorite rap lyrics you know not the not the favorite uh, artists that they uh they see on the grammys but uh they need to be they need to know about uh, those shoulders of whom they stand on and make them who they are today amazing right yeah just like you said you know you can always see a lot farther stand on the shoulders of giants Mm. We've come through as a as a people. Those situations that now give us revelation, it should give us vision uh, to see beyond what we see, and to also move forward into the power of our destiny. So it's our time. We got all the talent in the world. Everybody want to be like us. We got to love ourselves. We got to know our worth, recognize it, and we got to stir up our gifts. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with my good friend and brother, international speaker, author, college professor, TV correspondent, Dr. Eddie Connor. So happy to have him back on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we've just been talking about, you know, the significance of Black History Month and the rich heritage that we as a people have. And, you know, um, uh, we're still reeling right now uh, over the passing of uh, someone who has impacted, you know, not just, um, you know, the NBA, but has impacted uh, the world. I would dare say that he is a, a figure that um, um, has, has left an indelible mark on uh, the lives of so many people. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away tragically. He and his daughter Gianna in a, a helicopter crash along with seven other individuals just a little more than two weeks ago. And uh, from what I understand, their um, funeral has already taken place and they've been laid to rest. But there will be a public memorial taking place uh, this coming February the 24th at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And, you know, Dr. Connor, I want you to share with our listeners your thoughts about uh, this NBA giant's life and, you know, and his daughter and and what, you know, what were some of the thoughts that ran through your mind? I want you to kind of put their death in perspective for those of us who are still grappling with the, with their sudden loss. Uh, you know, 
it's it's so tragic. I I mean, um, I remember coming. I was coming from church that day, and I, I looked on my phone and I saw it. I said, "Oh, what a bad hoax!" You know, this this is this can't be true. Right. And, um, the more I read into it, unfortunately, it was. And to see uh, one of the brightest stars, really, for our generation, just just gone like a vapor. Um, my heart goes out, of course, to his family, as well as those other seven victims um, who have been laid to rest. And it, uh, it just, it was just in many cases, just, just heartbreaking. And uh, I have a personal, um, I've seen Kobe play before, you know, at the, the Palace when he came to Detroit. And I mean, just to see how he would, in many cases, methodically choose his spots on the court. Yeah, I mean, the Mamba mentality was, was really ridiculous. I mean, he was the Jordan of our generation. You close your eyes when Kobe was talking, you thought it was Mike. His charisma, his, his, his uh, in many cases, his, uh, his cockiness. He came into the league cocky. You know, uh, and just a precocious young man who lived over in Italy, his father, former NBA player, uh, just spoke multiple languages. And it never really seemed like he fit into the NBA circle because he was just more seemingly just wittier, uh, more driven, more competitive. And it seemed as if the second stage of his life was going to be better than the first half of what we had experienced for those 20 years of him playing for the L.A. Lakers, if you could even fathom that. I mean, within a year after he retired, a year or two, he had already won an Oscar. Right. He was getting into movies, he was getting into film. And then, of course, now his daughter had his whole repertoire to where she was going to be dominating the sport as well. Um, he said he, I remember him sharing a story, and he said that uh, people would holler at him and say, Kobe, when are you going to have a boy? And he said, I've got a daughter that's good enough. And, you know, <laughs> to see how he loved his girls and to see how he became just even a great father. Um, you know, when I was a kid, when I had cancer, um, caps for kids had something going on because I had lost all my hair and what they would do, they would get all these entertainers, athletes, celebrities to, to autograph a, a hat. And little did I know, I was looking just through my closet the day or so after he died and I found the hat that Kobe Bryant had signed for me when I had a bald head due to chemotherapy and radiation. Mm. memo and note and he, he this was when he was wearing the number eight at this time and he just wrote the number eight on the hat and you know I never met Kobe but in many cases his words met me and um, to see that number eight it uh, it kind of symbolized to me a new beginning um, that as I look back in retrospect um, and it gave me a different mentality even before mama mentality happened um, so little did I know and, and looking back and kind of seeing much of the research, Kobe's would sign hats for kids who had cancer all the time, but he never wanted any public recognition about it. And I think that's really who he was. Uh, he let his play speak for him. He let the way he would treat people speak for him. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a sad loss. And it, it's kind of like, boy, is this a bad dream? How do you ever wake up from it? 
You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, uh, have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I know you're enjoying part three of the trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in the first segment, we talked to author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. And in this segment, we're talking to author, advocate, activist, and more, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. She's been on the show a couple times as well. And in this, in this segment, we talk about a number of different things, including the possibility of us ever having a woman president. Take a listen. Hmm. 
you know, and as you were talking, I thought, I thinking out loud, um, I, I just thought of something that I, that, that just crossed my mind when you mentioned Pence being the next man in line. Now, granted, yes, if, if President Trump is impeached, uh, Vice President Pence would, uh, become president. But then, who becomes vice president? The, uh, well, the Speaker of the House. Right. That would be fun. Oh, man. I'll just pop my popcorn, put on my pajamas, because it's going to be a long ride, buddy. I just thought it. I said, yeah, the Nancy Pelosi becomes vice president. Right. I uh, think about that. Think about that. This is the... This is the first time that I actually, you know, really, really gave that some some thought that if Trump is impeached and Pence becomes the vice president, Pence becomes president, the next person in succession is the Speaker of the House, who is Nancy Pelosi. Wow, that would make you right. That would make for some must see TV. Woo! Scandal what? <laughs> Olivia Pope, who? <laughs> it'd be, I mean, it'd be bodies everywhere. <laughs> Man. And, and now, and now again, I think she would keep him, I think Nancy would keep Pence in check. Even though both of them are politicians, and, uh, but, but Nancy is a, a uh, veteran politician, you know, she knows her stuff. She would keep Pence in, in line, I think. She was. She's a strong figure. I really do love Miss Nancy Pelosi, and it would be fun to watch her. It's fun to watch her now. I, I, I love her, her, her little smile and her petite uh, decorum, but she roars, and she's and she has the gavel. This is a very important time. And even through all of this shaking up that we're having, one thing that we can, you know, look for silver lining in this is that the citizens are awakened. They're not well. They need to be informed a little bit more. We are engaged, be engaged more because, like I said before, there are a lot of millions of people who did not vote, and like 9%, if not more, of the people who were expected to vote who could have given more wins, not only to Congress, but to gubernatorial races uh, in favor of the Democrats. So we have a, a, a long road ahead of us to get the country right, uh, not only on course for the citizens, but to really sue to the relationship. We can have four parties that are very prominent, not only the Democrats, Republicans, you have the independents and the libertarians and the crazy parties like I want to, somebody pay my mortgage party which I think I want to head up. We just have the heavy lift of citizens in, in our government as well. We need more information. We need to be more savvy. We need to be, uh, have a, not when I say decorum, I don't believe in necessarily being polite because I love watching BC, uh, BBC's parliament. I mean, they talk about each other's mothers. They play the dozens. Have you ever watched the British parliament in action? They make us look so tame over here. Uh, no, seriously, they do. They, they're very uh, rambunctious over there. But um, I think that for us, though, since we utilize social media to 
impact ourselves emotionally that any information that we get that we're emotional around sound information and not just empty words or or what we think we should hear or ad hominems because at the end of the day it is about the law it is about justice and it is about equity and equality Wow, I I know you guys are enjoying our interview with Reverend Marcia Dyson. I truly am. Um, we just we're just um, enjoying the conversation, uh, talking about uh, the political landscape of this country and um, a lot of what ifs. But um, I just have a couple more questions for you, uh, Reverend uh, Dyson, if that's okay. Um. You know, we were talking about uh, 2020 and, um, you know, the presidential election that will be coming up next. And and in 2008, you know, this country elected the first African-American president of the United States in the person of Barack Obama. Um, that was a very historic election for uh, many of us. I remember that. Um you know, my son, I think he was about three years old and, you know, um, and someone told me uh, during during that particular time that, you know, young people coming up during this time, all they would know is uh, a black president in office and 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 that raising uh, their level of expectations and raising their their dreams and goals to a, 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 a another level, so to speak. And um, and so all that being said, I want to know um, if there, um, you know, 2020 is coming up, um, you know, will this country ever elect a woman president? What are your thoughts on that? I think they will. Will they do it in 2020? I don't believe so. Even though you have uh, Kamala Harris possibly will throw in the towel with Elizabeth Warren. We don't know what uh, Kristen Gillibrand might do in New York. I mean, she had, people had surmised that even in 2016, I think she's one of, you know, because people have not heard her. She's been kind of quiet, and it's those quiet ones that I tend to watch because they might be fortifying themselves, and she could be a good candidate. So you might have uh, New York represented in that race. You could, um, I don't know who else of the women who right now would think about it, but I think that, yeah, but will they do that? I'm not sure. I think the Democrats realize in order for them to get themselves situated, that they, one thing that they uh, kind of noticed of the Democratic Party, the reason why a lot of women may have voted for, for Trump, too, is that there was not only the angry white woman, right now you have the angry white male. So I think that, if anything, you might see them uh, looking at a white man with a person of color as a vice president, whether it's a male or female. And um, that's probably a combination. I don't think that uh, Kamala will have enough strength to pull that across the finishing line. Elizabeth Warren is a little bit too complex. She's a little bit like Donald Trump to the left with a dress on for the party and has misstepped and 
then too, like I know that in Iowa, she's looking to lean to get, garner some of Bernie Sanders' independent votes, which would bring up that bad memory of what happened in 2016 when they felt that their vote was stolen from them, given what had happened at the DNC as well. So there's a lot of undercurrents that might erupt and flood out the dreams of having a woman president in 2020. But I believe that we will have one and in my lifetime. I, who knows? We may have it in 2020. If, when looking at the Democratic Party, whoever the nominee might be, that they get behind that person solid. It was so fractured in 2016 because people were mad at each other. You know, the independent mm. had a lot of people not to vote, uh, or not to get out, or not to be enthused as much as they should have been. The reason why Donald Trump won, not because of white women, it's just that black people were just throw up their hands. The independents were frustrated. The Democrats didn't do right to the independents. They wouldn't coalesce with them at all. You know, they didn't embrace the people from the independent party as much as they should have uh, because of this thing with Bernie and, and Hillary. So we need to look at the mistakes that we've made and, you know, those who are, you know, politically conscious, because even though, uh, we talk politics, we're all engaged, we can all tweet and do say stuff on Instagram. When it comes down to the real nitty-gritty, folks may not get out to vote, you know, just like everybody wants to get up to mic and sing, but you never get the contract, right? It's like karaoke, and we cannot have karaoke politics with our citizens. So there's going to be a, whoever runs the president is going to have a heavy, heavy lift. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. 
the new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. I know you have enjoyed part three of our trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in the first segment, we talked to author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. And in the last segment, we talked to thought leader, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. And in this segment, we're going to be talking to and sharing an excerpt from author and professor and speaker and more. Dr. Peniel Joseph. And in this segment, he's talking about his latest book, The Sword and the Shield, discussing the life and legacies of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and El Haj Malik El Shabazz, better known as Malcolm X. Take a listen. So, my first question, um, uh, Dr. Joseph, uh, deals with. Um, uh, it's probably a question that you've you've heard. As we said, you know, you were telling me how you've been really busy uh, here lately because of what's been happening around us. But I want to start here. Your book, The Sword and, and Shield, um, The Revolutionary Lives of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X is primarily written from a historical perspective related to both the lives of Dr. King and Malcolm X and how they intertwine. In light of the recent events taking place in our nation with the brutal murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Sean Reed, George Floyd, and countless others, black men and women that have fallen victim to this deadly virus of racism and police brutality, I want to know from you, what do you think Dr. Dr. King and Malcolm X's approach will be to handling these two deadly viruses of uh, uh, that we're dealing with today, racism and police brutality in America? Yeah, no, Brother Michael, and I would add um, the COVID-19. COVID-19, absolutely, yes. Those three. Yeah, the virus of white supremacy. I think that, um, one, you know, I wrote the book with contemporary audiences in mind and contemporary Black people and the struggles of Black Lives Matter, defeating white supremacy, eradicating racism, um, transforming the criminal justice system, uh, decarcerating America where we take all the Black men and women who are in prison and um, put them back in communities uh, because really most of them have been unjustly placed in prison um, when we look at it. Um, And so I think about the way in which Malcolm's struggle for radical black dignity and Dr. King's struggle for radical black citizenship apply to the here and now. And so I think that they would be organizing, uh, they would be organizing massive protests. Um, They would be organizing civil disobedience I think they would be organizing in a lot of the fashion that we've seen. I think that obviously Dr. King was nonviolent, but as I show in the book, that doesn't mean he wasn't a revolutionary. King, Malcolm is the boldest critic of white supremacy until King takes up the mantle after Malcolm's assassination. Right. So when we look at when we look at the book, 
you really see the way in which King pulls Malcolm's coat to voting rights and the idea that the grassroots might be able to change these democratic institutions. But Malcolm King pull, pulls King's coat to the depth and breadth of racism and white supremacy. Um, this is a really exceedingly sick society. We see it with the murders of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. But the criminal justice system, Michael, is just the tip of the iceberg. And Malcolm knew this. King eventually gets to know it. Malcolm knew it because his father had been murdered by white supremacists in Lansing, Michigan in 1931. So Malcolm, like so many African-Americans, so many black people, I'll say, faces racial trauma at an early age. His mother, Louise uh, Norton Little, is institutionalized at a psychiatric hospital. So many of us face uh, mental illness and trauma because of white supremacist, anti-black racist violence. So he's coming from that background. He's shuttled in foster homes uh, for a few years. And then at 15, he goes and lives with his half-sister, Ella Mae Collins. And Ella, who becomes part of the Nation of Islam, she's a hustler in Boston. She's a hustler in Roxbury, right? And so he becomes part of that hustling life. And it's those structures of white supremacy that push you into hustling because you can't find a vocation. You can't find a job. You can't get an education because of Jim Crow segregation and racial terror, right? And so Malcolm served 76 months in prison, three different facilities, and he joins the Nation of Islam, but we have to connect him joining the Nation of Islam with his father being a Garveyite. Uh, Marcus Mosiah Garvey is the head of the largest black mass mobilization in, in world history. Three to five million people are part of the Universal Negro Improvement Association across several continents and the Caribbean. It's in the United States, in Africa, in Canada, in South America, in Latin America. That's what Garveyism is, and that's radical black political self-determination, both entrepreneurially, but also as a radical social movement. Black women are a big part of Garveyism, and Malcolm's politics are coming from that. The Nation of Islam is an offshoot of Garveyism after Garvey is deported and eventually is um, uh, he, he dies. They never let him come back to Jamaica uh, 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 in 1940. But the movement continues. And so the Nation of Islam is actually an offshoot. Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a Garveyite, okay? And so when we think about the Nation of Islam, it is black nationalism, but it's black nationalism under the whole idea of a a, a different rendition of the Islamic faith. Malcolm X was always a Muslim. Just because he was part of the Nation of Islam doesn't mean he was not a Muslim. So he doesn't just become a Muslim in 1964. You've got to respect people's religion. I grew up in New York City. Some people were five percenters. Some people were Nation of Islam. Some people were Baptists, like me. Some people were Protestant, Catholics. You can't say just because they are in a smaller sect that has its own interpretation of the religion with Elijah Muhammad as the messenger, W.D. Farad as a, a living remnant of God himself. We can't say that they're not Muslim. So Malcolm X was always a Muslim starting in 1949, 1950. So he's a Muslim uh, or Muslim for 16 years. And so when we think about Malcolm, Malcolm was in the belly of the beast as a prisoner. So he was organizing prison activism while a Muslim. So when we think about Malcolm X, he understood Um, even before he's paroled from prison, August 7th, 1952, that the United States was this searing racial wilderness. He he always says that. And when we think about 
what's going on today, Malcolm talked about black dignity connected to African liberation, connected to third world liberation. He was anti-colonial, but again, he was anti-white supremacy. So I say in the book that Malcolm X was black America's prosecuting attorney because he charged white America with a series of crimes against black people dating back to racial slavery, okay? And so when we think about racial slavery, that sets up this racial caste system this supply chain of grief, misery, premature death for black people, but a supply chain of wealth and privilege based on the super exploitation, the degradation of black lives for white people. And white people and black people are still uh, enmeshed in that racial caste today. And everybody in between gets access to the worst part of the caste or the higher part of the caste based on their skin color and whether or not they can pass for white or they have to be relegated to black, right? So when we think about Malcolm X, I mean, Malcolm would be, um, you know, a fierce critic of, of the, the racist criminal justice system. But this, the, the George Floyd protests are not just about the criminal justice system. They're about the criminal justice system as a gateway to panoramic systems of racial and economic oppression, injustice, um, uh, you know, war, violence, uh, just criminality that's stemming um, from a long, long history. And once Dr. King really gets hit to that history, he had read about it, but it's really Watts and, and Harlem that makes him be about it in a big way, where he's going to do the anti-poverty, anti-imperialism. He starts to rightfully say that the chaos happening in the, in the United States is, is produced by white racism, is produced by white people and white supremacy, right? Uh, he says Congress is running, the halls of Congress are running wild with racism. He's saying white people to the American Psychological Association in 1967, um, they, they're the ones producing the chaos, they're the ones producing the violence, and then they're making the claim that if there were no violence or chaos, there would be peace. Yet they're the ones who are producing the violence and the chaos. Right. So that's what you see from top to bottom, you know, nationally. But the positives of the protest are that we now have a, an opportunity uh, in that tradition of Malcolm and Martin to really transform this system. You're tuned in to the Think Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the Black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is, is a much more um, brilliant and, and, and um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy and people give him credit for it. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa. Um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. 
And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95, or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Two years ago, President Joe Biden on the campaign trail made a promise, if given the opportunity, that he would nominate the first African-American woman to the highest court in America. And on February 25th, he fulfilled that campaign promise and nominating U.S. Court of Appeals Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. I want to share excerpts from this historic nomination and this episode's thought of the week. Take a listen. It is, and President Biden said he was looking for someone with exceptional credentials, and that's what he's getting in Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Nora, a federal judge for nearly a decade, the former vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, an attorney in private practice for years, and perhaps most crucially, a former public defender, just like the man who nominated her, President Biden. She would be the first person to bring that kind of experience, a criminal defense attorney background, since Thurgood Marshall. All right, Nancy Cordes, now let's hear from the President of the United States. Today, uh, as we watch freedom and liberty under attack abroad, I'm here to fulfill my responsibilities under the Constitution to preserve freedom and liberty here in the United States of America. And it's my honor to introduce to the country a daughter of former public school teachers, 
a proven consensus builder, an accomplished lawyer, a distinguished jurist, one of the nation's most, on one of the nation's most prestigious courts. My nominee for the United States Supreme Court is Judge Ketanji Jackson. She thinks it's right. For too long, our government, our courts, haven't looked like America. I believe it's time that we have a court that reflects the full talents and greatness of our nation with a nominee of extraordinary qualifications. And that we inspire all young people to believe that they can one day serve their country at the highest level. I've admired these traits of pragmatism, historical perspective, wisdom, character in the jurists nominated by Republican presidents as well as Democratic presidents. And today, I'm pleased to introduce to the American people a candidate. Judge Jackson, congratulations, and the podium is yours. Thank you very much, Mr. President. I am truly humbled by the extraordinary honor of this nomination. And I am especially grateful for the care that you have taken in discharging your constitutional duty in service of our democracy with all that is going on in the world today. I also offer my sincerest thanks to you as well, Madam Vice President, for your invaluable role in this nomination process. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. Among my many blessings, and indeed the very first, is the fact that I was born in this great country. The United States of America is the greatest beacon of hope and democracy the world has ever known. I was also blessed from my early days to have had a supportive and loving family. My mother and father, who have been married for 54 years, are at their home in Florida right now, and I know that they could not be more proud. It was my father who started me on this path when I was a child, as uh, the president mentioned. My father made the fateful decision to, trans, uh, to transition from his job as a public high school history teacher and go to law school. Some of my earliest memories are of him sitting at the kitchen table, reading his law books. I watched him study and he became my first professional role model. My mother, who was also a public high school teacher, provided invaluable support in those early days, working full-time to enable my father's career transition while also guiding and inspiring four-year-old me. My only sibling, my brother Kitaj, came along half a decade later, and I'm so proud of all that he's accomplished. After graduating from Howard University, he became a police officer and a detective on some of the toughest streets in the inner city of Baltimore. After that, he enlisted in the army, serving two tours of duty in the Middle East. I believe that he was following the example set by my uncles who are in law enforcement. You may have read that I have one uncle who got caught up in the drug trade 
and received a life sentence. That is true. But law enforcement also runs in my family. In addition to my brother, I had two uncles who served decades as police officers, one of whom became the police chief in my hometown of Miami, Florida. I am standing here today by the grace of God as testament to the love and support that I've received from my family. I have also been blessed with many dear friends, colleagues, mentors, law clerks. I could not possibly name all of the people to whom I owe great thanks. But I must mention specifically the three brilliant jurists for whom I had the privilege of serving as a law clerk at the outset of my legal career. U.S. District Judge Patty Saris in Massachusetts, U.S. Court of Appeals Bruce, Judge Bruce Selya in Rhode Island, and last but certainly not least, Associate Justice Stephen Breyer of the Supreme Court of the United States. Justice Breyer, in particular, not only gave me the greatest job that any young lawyer could ever hope to have, but he also exemplified every day in every way that a Supreme Court justice can perform at the highest level of skill and integrity while also being guided by civility, grace, pragmatism, and generosity of spirit. Justice Breyer, the members of the Senate will decide if I fill your seat, but please know that I could never fill your shoes. To my dear family, those who are here with me now and those who are watching from home, I am forever indebted to you for your love and support. To my beloved husband, Patrick, thank you for being my rock today and every day for this, these past 26 years. I love you. To my daughters, Talia and Layla, you are the light of my life. Please know that whatever title I may hold or whatever job I may, may have, I will still be your mom. That will never change. There are so many other people I would love to be able to address and to thank, but time is short, so let me end by sharing an interesting coincidence that has actually meant a great deal to me over the years. As it happens, I share a birthday with the first black woman ever to be appointed as a federal judge, the Honorable Constance Baker Motley. We were born exactly 49 years to the day apart. Today, I proudly stand on Judge Motley's shoulders, sharing not only her birthday, but also her steadfast and courageous commitment to equal justice under law. Judge Motley's life and career has been a true inspiration to me as I have pursued this professional path. And if I'm fortunate enough to be confirmed as the next Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, I can only hope that my life and career, my love of this country and the Constitution, and my commitment to upholding the rule of law and the sacred principles upon which this great nation was founded will inspire future generations of Americans. Thank you again, Mr. President, for this extraordinary honor.
And this is one of the longest legacy lasting events that a president can make is the appointment of a Supreme Court justice and has now written himself into the history books um, by nominating the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. No matter what your politics, you couldn't help but be moved by what just happened at the White House and certainly hearing about Judge Jack. off Black History Month, not just in this country, but even for this podcast by sharing excerpts from this historic nomination. Again, congratulations go out to uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Katanji Brown Jackson on being nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. We know that you're not only qualified, but you're going to do a great job. Congratulations. And thank you for tuning in to this week's uh, trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Shouts out to all of our guests in this week's trifecta edition. Dr. Eddie Connor, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson, and to Dr. Peniel Joseph. We thank them so much for taking the time out to be with us on their respective shows. If you want to hear their entire episodes, you can go right to our Facebook fan page now, Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Show, and just do a quick search there, and you'll be able to listen to their entire interviews right from our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. Or you can go to michaelnemons.com and you can listen to them there, or wherever you listen to your podcast we certainly would appreciate it be sure to subscribe to the podcast as well also rate review and subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web remember next week guys we're going to be sharing an interview we had with state's attorney of baltimore city marilyn mosby a dynamic woman brilliant attorney that's doing some great things in Baltimore City. We can't wait to share this interview with you for Women's History Month in our Women of Influence series. So guys, stay tuned for that. Well guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. Always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind's the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. Power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.